You may have uh, come across this before. Uh, in some ways, I hope you have, because you may be able to follow it better. But uh, it, this thing is entitled Cricket as Explained to a Foreigner. Okay, maybe some are already smiling and laughing. They know what's coming next. So uh, as uh, one explanation goes, it reads like this. Um, you have two sides, one out in the field and one in. Each man that's in the side that's in goes out. And when he's out, he comes in. And the next man goes in until he's out. When you are all out, the side that's out comes in, and the side that's been in goes out, and tries to get those coming in out. Sometimes you get men still in and not out. When a man goes out, sorry, when a man goes out to go in, the man who the men who are out try to get him out. And when he goes when he is out, he goes in, and the next man in goes out and goes in. There are two men called umpires. They stay out all the time, and they decide when the men who are in are out. When both sides have been in, and all the men have been out, and both sides have been out twice after all the men have been in, including those who are not out, that is the end of the game. Did everyone follow that? Uh, maybe if you got some idea of uh, the game of cricket, you could follow going out and going in and so on. Uh, our sermon, our reflection, our talk today, uh, I want you to think about um, to be in, you have to come out. To be in, you have to come out. And uh, I, I'm not going to sing another Barbara Streisand song today uh, like I did last week, but um, it I did make me think with this coming in and coming out and so on, but it made me think of another Barbara Streisand song. Maybe you know it. Uh, coming in and out of my life is one of the lines. Uh, I did look at the, the rest of the words and thought, well, maybe the, uh, the whole context isn't the right kind of song. But um, there is this idea of coming in and coming out and coming in and coming out, whether it's the game of cricket or maybe in some people's experience of relationships. But coming in and coming out. I want to introduce you to a, uh, a Hebrew word. Now, uh, I'm not going to profess to be a, a great Hebrew scholar, but uh, this, this word is um, uh, Ibrim or Ivrim. And uh, in modern uh, language, the Hebrew language, it has a meaning of to move house, uh, transgressing the law, going through difficulties, crossing the road, as well as crossing a river. And that's the one I want to pick up on. Uh, in modern Hebrew language. It's essentially the, the passing over of something, going from one to another. And we have this reference uh, early on in Scripture. 
Ibrim is the Hebrew word for Hebrew. It means to cross over or to pass through in the biblical context. We come across this story uh, or come across this word uh, in relation to someone called Abraham. Everyone heard of Abraham? Maybe if you haven't, it doesn't matter, but he is one of the, the main characters early on in Scripture. We come across him in the uh, uh, first uh, few chapters of uh, Genesis. And we have Abraham, and he's, he's living quite happily, and there's a, a little uh, list, a genealogy, of uh, one generation after a next after a next. And uh, Abraham, well, who can tell me where Abraham lived? Where, where did Abraham come from? Uh, 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 you're right. Um, that's where Abraham was born anyway. Uh, he was born out somewhere by the river Euphrates. And some people seem to, on a map, suggest that maybe it's to the, the west of the Euphrates. But certainly in reading some reference in uh, in Genesis, it suggests that Abraham came from the other side of the Euphrates. And it's relevant. Because if Abraham came from the other side of the river, at some point he moved. Do you know where he moved to? Pack up and move. Well, in, in going back to, to Genesis, I um, had to remind myself that actually it wasn't he that started that journey from Ur. It was his dad. Uh, there, it seems as though there's listed anyway three brothers, and there, there's some uh, marriage thing going on there as well. We won't um, deal with those details at the moment. But Abraham came from the other side of the river and it was his dad, Abraham's dad, that was told to, to move house. He moved um, from, I'm just looking for at my notes here, he moved from Ur up to Haran, which is roughly speaking the sort of east side of, of Turkey now, up that direction. It says in scripture, though, that, uh, that Abraham's father packed up his family and he was heading for, guess where he was heading for? He was heading for Canaan. So actually it wasn't Abraham that was the first one of his family that was told to head to a specific place. It was his dad. His dad packed up the family. Come on, guys, we're moving house. We're going to another place, we're another land, but he got as far as Haran, and it seems as though that's where he settled. So it's from Haran that Abraham is told, I want you to move. Just like God had told his dad. At least his dad had this idea of moving. Abraham, where was he from? Ur, uh, where was Ur? Uh, 
from the other side of the river. Abraham, the guy from the other side of the river. I had a little look um, at some of his other um, ancestors. Because it seems as though people in those days still lived quite a long time, a few hundred years that they would live. Uh, Very quickly it was decreasing in their length of of life. But Abraham had a great-great-great-grandfather called Eber. And it's Eber, his name comes from the same root word that we get of this uh, Iram. Yeah meaning to pass over, meaning the other side of the river. And it was Eber's son who was named Peleg. And I guess there's no one knows what Peleg means, but Peleg, as is noted in scripture, Peleg means division. And when you look at this this reference in Genesis, it tells his name, Peleg, meaning division, was named and born during the time the world was divided. And there's some theories as to maybe that was the time. It was a few hundred years or so, but that was the time maybe when this, the earth, as we know it, suddenly started to split up a lot more than what it was. That there was one land mass, and then there was this dividing Uh, of the earth. Anyway, let's not get too distracted with that, but here we have Abraham who came from the other side of the Euphrates, the other side of the river, and it's later on in uh, in Genesis that we get this reference of Abraham, the Hebrew. And what does Hebrew mean? What does... Abraham, Abraham the Hebrew, Abraham the one from across the river. So what does that have any relevance to our scripture reading today? Well, let's keep going with Abraham a little bit and get on to other people named as Hebrews. Because Abraham moved down to Canaan and then on to Egypt and then he went back to Canaan and we aren't going to all of that story. But he was toing and froing quite a bit. And it was his promise, his descendants, that ended up moving from Canaan, this promised land from God, back down to Egypt. So there's lots of toing and froing over a long period of time. And it's that group of people, that extended family, that grows and grows and grows into a great nation. And that's where we pick up a story about the Hebrews. What does Hebrews mean? From over the river. That's when the Hebrews moved from Egypt to the Promised Land. Now, this is where it starts getting interesting with words that we don't really know about. The people, the Hebrews, from over the river, moved, under Moses' leadership, moved from Egypt, and they went through the desert a little bit. And what did they reach? What was their first main obstacle? The Red Sea. 
Now there's some debate as to quite where this crossing place was, whether it was the Sea of Reeds or the Red Sea and uh, the Gulf of Aqaba or so on. But there was this expanse of water. And then they come and complain to, uh, uh, to Moses. Uh, but Moses says, look, stand still and see the deliverance of God. And God says, no, 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 I want you to step out in faith. And we'll come onto that story another time. But they step out in faith and they go through this parted sea. It says it's dry land. The Hebrews came out of Egypt. There was a leaving, a departing. And they came through some water towards that which was promised. Did they go straight into the promised land? No, they started relying on themselves and looking at their own strength and ability rather than recognizing that God has been with us continually. You know, over the last recent months, God has provided and provided and the plagues in Egypt and coming through that sea. And I think of myself in, in that story, surely if I had an experience like that, nothing, nothing would, would distract me from God. But very quickly they built a golden image and all this and then they start complaining about uh, the spies that they sent into this promised land. No, 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 no. God, this, God must have got it wrong because there's big guys there and, and we're going to have trouble. Instead of recognizing and realizing that if we're people from over the river, God is leading us to the place that he wants to give us. They eventually, after many years of wandering, they eventually have a change of leadership. And then they cross another obstacle. Do you know what that other obstacle is? This time they cross the River Jordan. Now, the River Jordan isn't too big in some places, but in the story that we're told, it, it's... It's a rainy time. It, there's a lot of water coming down this river. So, you know, it might be hard enough for God to stop the river, but this was extra hard. But it wasn't a problem for God. But these Hebrews, these people from over the river, came through the water again to get to the place where God had promised them. Then we get um, this little appeal uh, from uh, their new uh, leader, their new commander, the one that uh, one of the ones that had said to Moses, "Yes, we can go straight into this promised land before the 40-year excursion." And we get this uh, little recital, this invitation, uh, right at the end of Joshua. It was Joshua that was the leader. We look at Joshua chapter 24. And uh, I'd like just to, to read through with you uh, uh, some of the, uh, the chapter here. Joshua chapter 24. If I pick it up from verse, uh, verse 3. It says, But I took your ancestor Abraham. Now this is a, a message from God. I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates. What does Hebrew mean? 
from over the river. I took Abraham from over the river, over the river, and led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir, while Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought trouble, terrible plagues on Egypt. And after I brought you out as a free people, But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, the people from over the river got to the river, they were crying out, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Notice that this is always about what God did. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them. And you took possession of their land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you. And so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River, and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gagashites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them. God gave the victory to the people from the other side of the river, the Hebrews. And I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land you had not worked on. And I gave you towns you did not build. The towns where you were not now, where you are now living. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. So, fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. This is God saying, I brought you people from over the river. I brought you over the river. Fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. The things that belong the other side of the river, leave them the other side of the river. That's the invitation. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. 
Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, the things that belong the other side of the river? Just leave them the other side of the river. Or will you be or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me, maybe these are the words that people are more familiar with. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The Hebrews, God's people, a people from the other side of the river. There is something that happens when we pass from that side through the waters into the place that God promises us. That when we get to this side, we have to have made that decision. Are we really going to serve God? Or are we happy to leave some things the other side of the river? You see, if we go back to Abraham's story, we find it in uh, Genesis the early chapters, where we have uh, the reference of, of Abraham, the Hebrew, in, in Genesis uh, chapter 14. We have this call of Abraham. Before he left Haran, God came to him. In, in, he, in Genesis chapter 12, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, to Abraham, Leave your native country. I wonder if someone else has another translation. What does it say? Verse 1 of, of Genesis chapter 12. What does it say, the first few words? It says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country. Get out. There is something that we have to do before we receive the blessing of God. And that's get out. Get out. What is it in our lives that we need to get out of before we can go through those waters? And maybe for some of us, we can start thinking, well, waters, that's interesting because isn't baptism something to do with this? You notice that even um, Joshua spoke to the people. They had been in the land for quite some time. But he comes back to them. They had been from one side of the river, through the river, through into the promised land. But it's even later on that Joshua comes to, to the people and says, you know what, you've come over the river. But maybe there are still some things that you need to give up. Still some things that don't belong here that should have stayed the other side of the river. Joshua says, choose this day whom you'll serve. God had provided in so many ways. Choose this day whom you'll serve. The people from over the river, the Hebrews, the people of God, us, We've come from one place, coming into 
another. That's what God's call is. Get out. There is something, something holy, something special about getting out. Something that we need to get out of in order for God to bless us. What do we need to leave behind? What should we have already left the other side of the river? God calls us to say, it's time to give it up. There's something you're still holding on to. I brought you from the other side of the river, through the waters, but there's something you need to give up. we go to two verses, we'll finish on our scripture reading in just a moment. Just to point your attention to uh, 2 Corinthians. If you turn with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Sure you don't do the same mistake I did and look at 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. I'm going to suggest to you that we can add in this Hebrew reference. What does Hebrew mean? From over the river. What are he, who are Hebrews? People that are followers of God. If we call ourselves followers of God, it says that we belong to Christ. We are a new person. Our old life is gone. A new life has become begun. We were the other side of the river. Jesus has helped us pass through. And now we need to confirm ourselves. Are we really putting Jesus first in our lives? Have we got rid of the old? Have we adopted the new? So let's turn to Ephesians, our scripture reading. Just a few books on. Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 22. The invitation to the people in Ephesus here is, now you know about Christ. Now you've passed over the river, I would suggest. Verse 22, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. There's something that belongs over the other side of the river, something that should have stayed the other side of the river. Throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, 
now you've come over the river. There's something about the getting rid of, the putting off, that God needs us to do first before we can put on the new. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Remember, holy just means set apart. To be in, you need to come out. God called Abraham, come out, come across, come to the new. And through Joshua, God said to this people, these Hebrews, the people that had passed through the water, the people that had come from the other side of the water, Joshua says, you know what? It's time to choose again. Is there something that should have been left the other side of the river? So I just ask you the same question today. As you make yourselves known as followers of Jesus, are there still some things that we need to shrug off that should have stayed the other side of the river? God, as we reflect on these stories, we reflect on our lives. We know that the other side of the river, the other side of the water, the the Hebrews, the Israelites, experienced this um, this lamb, this, this sacrificial lamb. Then they went through the water, and then they received their promised land. And now we look back and we can see that uh, the Lamb of God, Jesus, came to deal with the sin problem. And as a response, we go through waters of baptism and we await the, the fulfilled promise that you will make all things new, a new heavens and a new earth. Lord, until that day comes, would you help us with our encouragement of one another? Would you help us as we look at our lives and not through our own efforts, but the invitation of your presence in our lives that, that we will no longer be selfish or angry or conceited? Lord, as we commit ourselves to you, as we leave the things that we need to leave behind from the other side of the river, Lord, would you look at us, accepting us as your own, and welcome us into your fold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.